Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another thrilling episode of Hires Hollywood, the podcast where we make up stories for the next hit show in Hollywood. Um, I'm Diana, and this is my co-host, Jackie. Hey, guys. Welcome back. This episode, we have one of our great friends. We have a Mr. Charles here, and Diana and I have both decided that we have fun facts for Charles. And I know he's at the edge of the seat. And like for those who are driving, I hope you are not on the proverbial, like only the proverbial edge of the seat. Like don't don't get in a car crash. Please don't. So my fun fact for Charles is that he is known to break through the ceiling. And when you're like, Jackie, what does this actually mean? Charles has actually broken through a ceiling. Um, I don't know how many years ago, because I've known Charles since he had an Android phone. But one day, Charles let me know that he literally once fell through the ceiling. And Charles, do you want to say what you fell through in your like your childhood home? Like, didn't you? Was it the garbage or the recycling? I landed in the garbage can. Thankfully, I was inches away from landing on a large toolbox that my dad had in the garage, which probably would have broken my back if I had landed on it. See, our friend Charles, not only is he a storyteller, but he can be a one-man demolition team. Okay, well, I've never heard that story before, (laughs) so that's a really great fun fact. Um, My fun fact about Charles, I have so many I can say, you know. Um, One of my favorite things about Charles is that he's a boy scout through and through. Um, But another fun, more fun fact about him is that he's also secretly a juggalo and he has a juggalo junk food uh, blog because he loves cooking. And this is definitely not a joke. A hundred percent real. Go to juggalojunkfood.com right now. You can see all his amazing recipes. Please tell me you didn't actually buy the domain. (laughs) I'm thinking about it. I really am. (laughs) Oh God. Uh, none of this is real. Please, viewers, listeners, I'm whatever you saying. happen to be at this time, this is a complete fabrication from Diana's imagination. But if you want to buy the domain for Diana, for Charles, just hit us up. I just want to say I've convinced so many people that Charles is a juggalo, and like it takes no effort. I'll just be like, yeah, Charles is a juggalo, and people are like, oh, that makes sense, and I don't know that why. really it's so hurts deep down inside. I don't know why, though. It's so funny, though. I don't oh, like Orange Fago. I know. Honestly, this is just retribution for when you told me I didn't understand pop culture because I'd never seen Star Wars, and now I just tell everyone you're a juggalo, so... This is the this this is is for retribution. The only difference is this is ongoing, whereas my thing only lasted a day. Oh my gosh. Well, the reason we're all here, Charles, is we want to hear your amazing idea. And I just want to tell our audience, like, when we invite people to this obviously very high class, fancy podcast, we're like, oh, just come with idea, et cetera, et cetera. Charles has a a beautiful three page Mm -hmm. document, like, of this whole thing. But I'm like, this is unparalleled unprecedented he put so much like like time and like thought and like effort more than we do and this is our podcast and and i'm just very impressed i wanted to say that oh thank you yes charles is dedicated like not only is he a good friend but like he brings his a game every time because we had been talking about oh you should be on and charles was really enthusiastic and then one day it was like casually mentioned that his idea was like already like fully baked and we're like oh yeah like pass us on what you have and we're thinking like maybe a book, couple bullet points a miscellaneous note in his phone and like he has a full-blown pdf so if you're listening and you're like i want this pdf you should contact charles because this is just one of his many 
PDFs of his very intricate game plans. <laughs> All of these things are true. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate it. So, Charles, why don't you let everybody know what you've been uh, scheming up for us? I was thinking of an idea for a television show um, that was, in short, The Terminal in Space. It's a story of a, a young professional who finds her life um, just completely coming apart at the hinges when she gets abducted by aliens and finds herself detained at an intergalactic spaceport. Mm. Um you have a an ensemble cast of various different alien creatures either trying to help help her or hinder her as she's trying just to get home and get out of the weird messed up place that is the greater universe um and it's it's an interesting look at somebody whose entire life was at one point dedicated to the corporate grind who had no work life balance who was only really interested in 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 getting to that next promotion and to suddenly have all of that become completely irrelevant and have to figure out who they are and why they why they've chosen the path that they've gone down um by just making them the ultimate fish out of water i mean i'm sold like dang podcast i'm just kidding <laughs> podcast over no podcast over no um i love that i can see that go through many different ways like because first off i always love a good story where people are just like like i don't know the whole like i'm done with the corporate grind i'm just gonna go in adventures but also just adding an alien abduction is just like my favorite thing in the whole world because why not i love space in it's something where the idea itself can obviously be very drama heavy if you want it to be but i really wanted to put a comedy spin on it where it it's for for all the heavy ideas that it may be contending with at the end of the day it's lighthearted and fun and it just makes you smile and laugh like with the obviously then like the alien abduction and you're stuck in this terminal type thing that would obviously have to be like the series premiere right exactly so Her, you envision this being like a humorous then abduction or like? Yes. So her abductees are uh, not the greatest at what they do. Uh, they're kind of idiots. But okay. the fact that they're slightly more advanced than us in terms of technology kind of gives mm-hmm. them an edge. Uh, you know, they got a spaceship. They've got like tractor beams and all that fun stuff. Um so when they, they kidnap uh, our protagonist, her name's Erin, by the way, um, and they take her aboard their spaceship car and all because she's driving home. Um, oh, that's a nice ooh. twist from, like, abducting from the house. Yes. I Well, especially if you look at, like, alien abduction stories, a lot of people talk about experiences that they have while they're driving their cars on the road. And I always – one of my favorite scenes from uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind oh. – is when the the spaceship pulls up behind his truck and shines his lights and he just waves it past and it's it's a great moment. So in keeping her in the car for when she gets abducted, I think would create a really fun and uh, interesting visual. Her two uh, uh, abductors, Gip and Naz, um, are just they're idiots. They're inseparable. They are constantly 
ruining their own plans, which might actually be well thought out, but they're just so clumsy and bubbling, they just never could pull it off. And the result is that she is easily able to outsmart them and escape once she uh, arrive once they all arrive at this this space station. But ultimately, the the spaceport authority captures her and detains her indefinitely at the space station itself. Is she the only human on the space station? Like, is it like an intergalactic zoo moment, or is it like yes. a bureaucratic moment where she doesn't have the right like? passport well she definitely doesn't have the right paperwork and that is of grave concern to the customs official who runs the station he is very very keen on making sure that all documents and papers are kept in proper order uh and nobody without the proper paperwork comes or goes um so aaron finds herself trapped because she has none of that to would-be abductors are just trying to not get uh, their ship impounded once they uh, find out that, uh, well, she shouldn't be on the station and neither should they. I sort of feel like the whole concept of being like trapped in like an intergalactic airport, you could do so many things with it because it's like, okay, you have the first episode, you're all pissed because like obviously when you get stuck in an airport for like your flight's canceled or a layover or something like that, you're like, this is the worst thing ever, right? But then you find out, like, you're like, oh, I'm going to sneak into one of the um, the lounges or something like that. And all of a sudden, you're just like, oh, let me relax with this, like, free wine or something like that. So, like, the space equivalent to the, like, you know, American Airlines lounge or something like that. And it's just, oh, my gosh. I can just see all the, all the possibilities. Is there, like, a space TSA? Yes, there is definitely a space TSA. And, in, in fact, one of the... Uh, one of the characters is part of the space TSA, and uh, she kind of helps uh, Aaron figure out her place once she stops freaking out because she's in the middle of an alien space station. She kind of takes her under her wing and, and helps her understand how things work and keeps her from getting herself eaten or uh, worse. Or worse. That's there's worse ways to die than being eaten. I mean, Not I don't many, know. I feel like that's a there. pretty high. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of setting the bar here. You know, the stakes are, are not what you would call low when you're in an alien spaceport. I mean, also, you could get staked. Ha ha ha! <laughs> when she initially arrives, there's the question is asked if she's somebody's pet. <gasps> oh my lord! Because they don't know what to make of her. They've never seen her before. Because humans don't travel the stars yet. I like that you say yet. <laughs> oh, it's going to happen. 2054, yo. The exact year, 2054. I'm a patient person. Well, Charles, 2054 in Star Trek. That might be the uh, the year that Zephram Cochran uh, first tested the Warp 1 engine. Uh, Thank you. As featured in Star Trek First Contact. Yes, I am that big of a nerd. I mean, you know I am what? too. I'll allow it for the context. <laughs> But Charles, I'm interested. What type of currency do they use on this, like, you know, flagship or anything like that? And, like, what type of job do you see her getting? Or is that even in the first season or is that beyond? Her getting a job is probably not even going to be in the first season. A lot of the first season is her just trying to figure out what is going on and how she's going to essentially continue existing. Figuring out, like, okay, what can I eat 
Is there any food on this station that 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 will not kill me? Is there any water here? Like, who's my friend? Who's my enemy? Um, who do I need to watch out for? So, uh, as far as currency is concerned, well, there's a bunch of galactic civilizations, so everybody's got their own. So you have to, you know, you may earn money in in one form of currency and have to get it changed into another, just like in a real airport. I don't know. I'm just like imagining her. Like, so it's the plot again. The season, obviously who are trying to create these different like plots to go home and things like that. So are there going to be like space creatures or things that like recognize she is a human or will everyone just sort of be like, uh, we don't know what you are, but whatever, we're chill. We're going to help you. <laughs> so the backstory there is Gip and Naz uh, stumbled across earth by pure accident. Um, and nobody has ever heard of a human or seen a human before, but that being the case, something unique, something that nobody has, maybe it's valuable. So they decide to steal one and see what happens. Hmm. Did they steal the car or just her from the car? Oh, they stole the car. Can so the does car she like, be like a her car? junk car? <laughs> I mean, she's a vice senior vice president at a, a major corporate firm. So she's probably oh, driving something like a Bentley or, you know, maybe an Aston Martin. Something fun. But like, I want it to be full of like junk because she's a trash at being a human, so I think it'd be funny. <laughs> She's just, just got a, truck a bunch of like Taco Bell with like Taco Bell wrappers, and, yeah, in Big Mac boxes. And she's like, and she comes out, but like it's in a fancy suit, and it just it's a Taco Bell wrapper stuck to her like stiletto heel. She's like, what? It's fine. <laughs> the way I envisioned it, there would I had an ideas for six different seasons, um, each season being about ten episodes long, one hour episodes, kind of what we've come to expect from shows like Game of Thrones and, and so forth. So you would eventually have her getting home to earth or would the goal be that she's like, no, I like it here. I'm, she just becomes, you know, a part so of that's, that So that's kind of her arc is she's initially just trying to figure out how to survive and then it's how to get home. Uh, and then she starts getting caught up in what's going on in the station and the, the politics that, that are inherent in all of that. And she has to eventually make the choice. Do I really want to go back to the life that I had? Mm-hmm. Was it really that meaningful to me? Um, and she'll have to, she'll have to answer that question and figure out whether or not going home makes sense for her anymore. If it even really feels like home anymore. Hmm. I like it. Like, yeah. It reminds me sort of like some of those, like, think of like the comedies, like The Good Place and stuff like that, where like obviously the plot is a more heavy plot, but you still have the the fun and the humor and things like that, you know? Exactly. Which I think that's what a lot of people want from their comedies now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's emotional. It's, it's got drama, but at the end of the day, you're still laughing your way through the whole experience. Do you have somebody in mind to play your protagonist? Because we'll get into what you think of, like, that, what you want the aliens to be. But for the one human, do you see, like, somebody specific in that role? I see her as somebody who is got a lot of charisma behind her. She's She is an independent woman, and she when it, something needs to be done, she will do it herself. Um she doesn't need anybody to to hold her hand or open the door for her she's she's got it covered 
uh, and she's intelligent, and I I would want somebody who can who can really communicate that that confidence and gravitas. So, um, what is her name? Well, like, what age are you thinking? Because that also can help. Yeah, that that might be of assistance. I'm thinking she's probably into her early early thirties, maybe late twenties, even okay. somewhere in that range. Hmm. So, what about the woman from Castle? There you go. Castle TV show, Wikipedia. Um, She's in a new show now, starring Nathan Stana Kadek. Yeah, yes. Stana Kadek is her name. I could definitely see somebody like her in the role. And in fact, she would be fantastic. Um, I could also see. Um, Karen Gillan pulling it off. She would be excellent. Or, or is, is it Gillan or Gillian? I never can remember. I think she's Gillian. excellent regardless. Amelia Pond is always a good choice. Exactly. Yeah, those, both of them, I think would be would be excellent choices. There's definitely others out there that I, I could maybe see. Um, You'll have an open casting. Me. I can't remember this name. Hmm? Open casting. Yeah. Maybe even somebody new, somebody we haven't seen before. And do you feel like it's going to be like cinematography, like that's Firefly-esque, where you're never quite sure how big the actual ship itself is? Yes, very much so. Mm-hmm. Especially in any sci-fi style television show in order to help, you know, kind of keep keep the budget under control. Um, it helps that we'll have a static set for the most part, but at the same time, you know, using that kind of cinematography style to hide how small things might actually be, definitely, definitely something I would want to play with. And does the station have a name? Yes, the station does have a name. <gasps> What's it called? Hold, please, as it's I called... consult my document. I think it's, it's called Hold, Please. I'm like, well, that's dramatic. Yeah, that would be really dumb. <laughs> the name I came up with was Tanuka Station. Tanuka. Why Tanuka? Uh, I suspect it is something that I translated from the Estonian language, although it's escaping me right now. I, I tend to use that language quite a bit uh, when I'm trying to come up with something that sounds unusual that nobody has ever heard before. The Estonians have a phenomenal language for that. I'm just saying, again, you put so much more effort into <laughs> this. Mm-hmm. I googled the word Tanuka, and apparently it's um, of Indian origin and the ba- babycenter.com says that name means slender huh okay well let's let's roll with that then can you use that to to help with the actual uh, station design it's just like a tiny little slender station i guess i don't know um whenever i imagine a station i always imagine it looking like the one from xenon girl of the 21st century and i know <laughs> probably doesn't look like that but like in any show that's just what they're like they're going to the space station even the international space station like well i guess that's what it looks like i don't know <laughs> i'm imagining something a little bit more cobbled together i suppose it it's you can when you look at it it definitely looks like something that's been added on to many times uh it doesn't have like that uniform clean look to it so like is it not a circle uh no, I I was thinking more of uh spindle shaped. Hmm. Just like O'Hare covered in like chrome. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No, definitely <laughs> not. Although that would be very entertaining to see in space. Mm-hmm. You just see a bunch of aliens getting the space version of like Garrett's popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> the Tanuka mix, it's like, I don't know, like alien eyeballs and I don't know, slugs. The bar would have to be like the lighted underground. Oh, maybe. With like the walkway and the, like the neon lights overhead. And all the space influencers would be like going to like, I don't know, sector five of the universe and posting like a little pic under it. And there would have to be like a minute, like a Walden books or some equivalent See, tucked this, away in there. And this is why they every, go- <laughs> every, every airport needs a good uh, bookstore. Oh yeah. This is why they don't allow humans to go to this space, <laughs> space travel place. They're like, they would just take too many Instagram selfies and disrupt all the travel flow. Yeah, does your character have like a smartphone in her pocket? So she's like, I'm supposed to work everywhere. <laughs> yes, of course. That's going to be one of the things that she'll probably use uh, to try and, and help herself is the fact that she still has some of her her technology with her, like her smartphone. But ultimately, when compared to what these aliens are using, it's it's <laughs> it looks like Stone Age technology. So she's kind of struggling to to do what they are doing with absolute ease like for example everybody has a way to talk to each other they have these patches that they wear that allow them to translate what others are saying a universal translator just to help get past the language barrier right when she gets there all she hears are like tentacles squiggling and crows and barks and all these weird alien languages that are just terrifying Along with all the uh, the monster esque creatures that will be on the station, that takes some getting so used to. So how does she earn her patch? Literally. Well, when the station custom official realizes that she is not in fact a uh, somebody's pet and is actually a sentient being, uh, she they uh, equip her with one, so they can interrogate her. Of course. I can just imagine that scene where all of a sudden she can hear and she's just like surrounded by light. It's like oh, you know, like terrifying but like a little less terrifying that you know oh this is like i can understand what's happening around me that she will definitely be full of snarky little quips that probably will not translate properly for the aliens so she'll probably drop references or say things that they won't understand but the audience and her will and i i imagine there will be a fair amount of comedy that will come from that i really want the fact that you brought up too that she's going to have like her phone and like you know, maybe a laptop or like a tablet or something like that. I wanted her like on one day where she's just sort of like hiding out from her captors and just sort of like sneaking around the station. I want her to like find a um, maybe like like space history something where it's like or a book in like the bookstore about the history of the galaxy or something like that. And they show like primitive technology and all of a sudden she looks and it's like um, – you know, a tablet that looks exactly like the one that's, like, in her hand or something like that. And it's, like, talking about how, like, how be like, oh, we can't believe we survived on these for so long. Thankfully, we only had them for, you know, 10 years until now. We're just so far past. And it's, like, one of those early realizations, like, oh, my gosh. There'll be a lot of fun critiques of... uh 
how humanity has developed or failed to develop in certain ways. That's one of the brilliant things about sci-fi is you can always have fun with that. Can you have them still using headphone jacks in all their products? Absolutely. <laughs> yes, that is definitely a thing. And then, Charles, what do you see, like, the aliens? Are you looking at it to be, like, a Jim Henson-like creature theater? Or are you thinking of yes. it more of... Well, you are thinking of it like that. So, uh, the, the, the creatures in the show, for simplicity's sake, will be humanoid. Um, mm. So, they'll have prosthetics and makeup and and wigs and all that stuff to to get by with so that way we don't we don't have to have a cast full of puppets or anything like that but i definitely would love to have like some animatronic creatures here and there like maybe the there could be a mini armed creature that runs the local equivalent of a ramen shop or something like that um and just having some fun with the the kind of creature design i i would definitely want to to explore that i just like imagine them looking like the monsters ink monsters (laughs) absolutely nothing wrong with that it's actually a great great way to to put a great place to put your head in but like like monsters ink monsters combined with what's that show on like oh gosh it's not bravo is it sci-fi where they do all the makeup competitions do you know what Face off. Yeah. Face off. I think that's the sci fi channel, maybe? Mm-hmm. It sounds like the sci fi channel. It sounds like the sci fi channel. Um, but yeah, just like all the crazy stuff they make on that. But it's just like, hey, we're here living our best lives as little alien dudes. What's up? <laughs> Do you have like specific people who you are interested in playing like the main aliens, like you said, like the abductors? One of them, like, th- there's there's one person that would always come to mind anytime uh, I would think of somebody for creature work or alien work, and that is Doug Jones. Mm. He is brilliant and, as described by those who know him, probably one of the best human beings on the planet, and I think he would be phenomenal to get for this. Um, otherwise, for most of the other casts, I would be pretty comfortable using um, using some unknowns for them, especially like uh, her two abductors. I'd like to get somebody fresh for that. But um, for some of the other characters, uh, it would be fun to get somebody who's uh, kind of got that name recognition. Like if you had like even just like a tiny like character arc, like a three episode thing of someone like super famous just playing a random alien or someone in a random subplot like who would you want like oh my like to be on your show like this is like your <laughs> ultimate like oh my god i can't believe they're on this show person uh i i would probably pick patrick stewart just because really? i think he would have a lot of fun with it what would you cast him as like an alien like another human that ended up on the planet like someone from earth that's trying to find aaron like what would you have that be i would cast him as an alien uh, I, I don't really want to inject um, don't really want to inject any other humans into the mix at least early on maybe yeah. towards the very end it might in the later seasons it might be a thing but um, yeah I would want to have him as an alien and I would want him to kind of take his his unique style and turn it up to 11 with the character that he would play. Do you think at any point 
um, you'll have any sort of like flashbacks in the episodes to her human life or any call outs to like on earth or they like, you know, acting like, where is Aaron? Like what's going on? Or do you think it'll only just focus on Aaron now in this space? There will probably be flashbacks to, to her life, especially since the, the main arc of the entire show is her deciding who she is mm-hmm. um, and actually, you know, figuring out we're figuring out how to define her life outside of her work um, mm-hmm. and define herself outside of her work. So there's definitely going to need to be flashbacks to her experiences on earth to be certain, but uh, no, it wouldn't be something where we're going to go back to earth and people will be like, where'd Aaron go? Oh, I saw some funny lights in the sky. That's yeah. probably just, you know, gas from a swamp reflecting light from Venus or something. She didn't like in her in her rise to the top at her company. She didn't win too many friends, so mm. her actually uh, disappearing would probably make some of her coworkers happy. It's like ding dong, the witch is dead type thing. Mm. To an extent. Hmm. So is it going to be one of those things where it's like the the audience will be like, oh, will be like, oh, she's such a. We'll see her as like, what's the word? Like a. A, not, I don't say good character, but like a good person or something. But the flashbacks will reveal maybe she wasn't like the best human on Earth. She definitely has some ruthless streaks in her. Um, kind of have to if you're gonna rise to the top of a of a you know a major corporation, I would say. But it is something where she's she's tried to do things the right way. So that nobody can call her out for making mistakes or otherwise. Like she's part of the reason why it's taken her as long to get where she is, despite the fact that she, in many cases, was a lot more talented than those above her. The people that she had to overcome, like she got held back many times because she always wanted to do things the right way. So, so there, there will definitely be some of those moments where she may have done some things that kind of push those boundaries but ultimately she's we it's not something where i want to cast her necessarily in a negative light just maybe she made some choices that are morally gray okay i I think that'll make it yeah and charles what's the theme song gonna be Mm. (sighs) well i suppose if i had my choice i would probably live the dream and have John Williams do a score for it. But uh, if I was to use actual music uh, that has already been produced. Hmm. I was like, I know you're about to say Ariana Grande. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. I was, I was going to say it would probably be something a little more poppy uh, in, in the, in, in the modern vein, she has I a would, great song called NASA, Charles. I think you should listen to it. You would love it. I will consider it by virtue of the name alone. <laughs> um, oh my god! It, it honestly, I I I think that uh, especially for something like this, I would I would probably keep it keep it orchestral, but maybe do do something fun in like the credits. Hmm. What's that one? There's that David Bowie one, like space oddity, right? 
Yeah, that would be actually that'd be a lot of fun to do in the credits. I think it'd be expensive to get the rights for it, but I mean, I know a lot of yeah. these people with some of the shows like on Netflix and stuff. They'll do like even if they can't get the original, they do like a cover with like one of the I don't know, like a famous current pop artist cover of it or something like that. Because I think especially the thing, it's like, you know, the end where it's like ground control, the major Tom or whatever. It's like you can't hear them. It might work with the plot. I see that working really well at the end of the very first episode, at the end of the pilot, where she's just kind of staring out into the crowd of all of these crazy aliens that are just trying to get to their next destination. And she has this, like, that that ultimate stare uh, a thousand yard stare where she's just like what the hell am i gonna do now yeah. and that song just starts playing in the background oh, giving giving me chills already and the show's not even existing on netflix yet speaking of which would you want this to be like netflix would you want this to be like a network show are we talking hbo because they got that money for it like um probably probably looking at netflix hulu or amazon um HBO would be kind of fun or even Showtime, mm-hmm. uh, although I suspect that they would want to tune things up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, make it a little more violent or a little bit more racy, I suppose, as they, they, they tend to like those things in their shows. But um, I think between the big three in terms of streaming services, they would be the ideal home for this. And Charles, when one of those big three streaming services and or a new underdog we have not yet seen is like, I need to abduct the story and pay the person who came up with it and hire them, where can they find you? Well, uh, they can always find me uh, at my email address, cbaker421 at gmail.com. Yes, I'm doxing myself right now. <laughs> um But uh, that's generally the easiest way to get in touch with me. I'm also available on LinkedIn. You're such an adult, Charles. <laughs> well, yeah, I was I, like waiting I, for you to have like something like, you know, we've got in PlayStation usernames, we've got in Twitter, we've got in Facebook. I was expecting you to have like, for every single time somebody wants you to like lead their campaign in D and D, I was like, I I was really expecting you to have something for that. <laughs> I I do, but I I also try to keep it professional when it comes to these things. Fair. I mean, I don't know what gave you an impression that we're professional, but I appreciate it nonetheless. Mm-hmm. You guys Charles, are doing phenomenal work. Oh, thank you. Charles, we almost forgot the most important question. What are you naming yes. this show? Uh, the name of the show is Standby. Mm. There's so many, so many ways you can go with that. References. Not only is she kind of stuck in this place kind of like somebody who's flying on standby but her life is in the same position so many lovely meetings in it i love it man you really thought this through because that's like really good this is our most well thought out episode and it's because we didn't think it out jackie you know what i'm okay with that me too i'm very okay with that and trust us charles is going to be back because this is like one of his many very very well thought out plans yes it, it is one on a very long list in my stash, yes. Listen, so any Hollywood executives, if you'd like to hire us, but probably more realistically hire Charles, you got mm-hmm. his email, so feel free. 
Email him. I mean, we we could we could call it a package deal if you want. I'm okay with You're that. Kind. You're kind. You're very. Kind. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be in charge of your Instagram, Charles, and your Juggler junk food. Somebody needs for to you. be. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone else would like to sponsor Charles Juggler Junk Food blog as well, feel free to reach out to him by email too. Please, <laughs> please do not support this madness. Love <laughs> you out there. Just, 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 just let it slide. Don't, 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 don't feed the beast. Or do with some Juggler Junk Food. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I think that's all for tonight, folks, right? Any last words? Thank you, Charles, for making the time for us and for pitching us your idea. We're on standby until somebody picks it up, but we're waiting. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me on. This was a lot of fun, and I can't wait to do it again. Awesome. Bye.